They came back. Mm. I think I'm always in shock. <laughs> the people keep coming back for more. <laughs> Can't be in shock. You've I'm not in shock. It. I know. It's just funny to me. Um, okay, so it's current event time. Yeah, it's current. We event. have Cam here too. I don't know why you have me here. <laughs> because we just yes, think we like it's you. fun. Yeah, we, we like, like you, you to be on. You're being. You're becoming a therapist. You've been a pastor. I mean, you've seen some mm. things, so you know. Later, earlier, they tried to shrink me. We did. Don't make me say the real deal, that I was right about something. You did. You got me. I got him. In class. In class. Yep. In front of mm -hmm. everybody. Please come to the Kings, where your professor will roast you publicly. <laughs> It'll be fun for you. It'll really. be fun, they said. No. <laughs> the, the, program, the program is all about you. It ends up helping you so that you can help people. That's the point. There we go. Because well, you have to be healthy to... That's right. Please be healthy, therapist. If so, you're a therapist, uh, be healthy. Tell us the current event. Help. We're going to do a current event Give now. Give us a current event. So one of the things Cass and I talked about was trying to figure out how to kind of make it all make sense what we're doing because we kind of made a plan and it was like, how does this relate, right? Um, I've got a quote for you. So our goal is to synthesize the clinical and spiritual and teach people a way to do, teach people to do it in an ethical way. Yes. Right. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's what we're doing. And so... Not every current event that we bring is going to be um, about a pastor. It just happens that um, our boundaries one fit to be about a pastor, and this one is fitting to be a pa about a pastor as well. Mm. And so um, I just want to preface it by saying, like, not every current event we bring in this room is going to be um, related to a pastor. But we're talking about infidelity um, on these um, episodes. And so I um, read, and maybe many of you watched as well, um, the story of a pastor in Warsaw, Indiana, um, who admitted to his church congregation that he had been in an adulterous relationship. Um, I watched the video of this and um, was really shocked by a lot of things that I saw in it. I could probably spend an hour talking about um, how moved I was by what I saw. So this pastor had been in position for, for many years, like 20 plus years. Um, he um, confessed to his congregation. He said, I committed adultery with, quote, one person. It was nearly 20 years ago. And he continued to say it was far too long, meaning that the, the adulterous relationship went on for far too long. My understanding was that he was retiring um, whenever he made this announcement to his congregation. In the video, you see that his uh, congregants applaud him for his honesty which I'm going to admit, I'm just going to be really like straight to it. I was baffled by it. Like a man's admitting that he had an affair 20 years ago to his congregation, which meant, which means he's pastored these people for over 20 years and he did it during, uh, you know, a time where he was, uh, betraying his wife, his family, mm -hmm. his mm -hmm. congregation. Mm -hmm. So I was blown away. Um, later in the video, um, a woman, um, comes up and um, she says um, her story is very different than his. She says that um, she actually, the affair had happened 26 years before um, when she was just 16 years old. He took her virginity on the floor of his office. He raped her at 16 years old. And um, she spoke to the congregation about what she had survived through. She said, and I quote, the things you did to my teenage body that had never and should have never been done. If you can't admit the truth, you have to answer to God, but you are not the victim here. 
She continued by saying the church deserves to know the truth. The church has been built on lies, but no more. The lies need to stop. During the time that she was speaking, um, several men in the congregation um, kind of formed a semicircle around the, um, the, um, the platform where she was standing, which just, I mean, I felt for her in that moment mm -hmm. that she's so bravely coming forward after he's put this out there. And I don't know if she knew he was going to talk. I didn't see that anywhere in the article. But, um, you know, she's, she's speaking with her husband at her side. And these men, I guess they were elders in the church, come and kind of form a circle, a little semicircle around the platform. Like, I don't know what they thought she was going to do. Tiny, petite young woman uh, speaking about the abuse that she'd endured. And... Um, she didn't leave with people applauding her. She didn't leave that platform mm, wow. with support. Um, it didn't appear. I mean, you can't see the, the, um, the whole congregation, but it didn't feel or um, look like people were very moved by what she was saying. It seemed, at least on that video, that people were pretty aligned with their pastor. And at the end, they formed a, a, a circle around their pastor, prayed over him, um, people were kind of um, shouting over to the pastor saying, you know, we love you. We love you, pastor. We love you. And I felt like, you know, this particular video, the fact that it was caught on video uh, was so powerful and lightning. But I think that it speaks to what happens um, when betrayal happens in the church. Hmm. And so I felt like it was a good current event. when We're talking about adultery, being able to bridge it over into what happens whenever adultery happens. And it's happening in the church. It's happening in Christian families. Mm. Um, how do we handle it? And what do we do? So that's what we're talking about today. I love it. Well, hold, can we? Yeah, Cam's got to go backwards. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. No, wait, wait. No, it's a lot. I'm laughing, but it's it's an inappropriate affect. It's mm. it's inappropriate. Look at him knowing himself. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm asking, these are, this is funny. You're telling me there's a video of this? There's a video. It's easily accessible. There's yeah. a video. Mm -hmm. And a lady interrupts his, oh, feel sorry for me moment. And says, here's what really happened in front of everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? She's so brave. I am flabbergasted. Yeah. Is that a word? That's, that's a, a word. That's good. It's a good word. I, you know, I'm having such a dichotomy because, and here's what I think happens in, in affair situations. Wow. And just because I'm like one, I do think about her. Like, has she held this for 26 years? Has she been mm. sitting in the congregation every Sunday listening to a man that whatever he did to her, regardless, yeah. felt was inappropriate? And he was married and all the other things we could right, say. It's right. like, so she's sitting there listening to him every week, tell her to do whatever, whatever mm -hmm. from the pulpit. But then on the flip side, I mean, my, my brain is like, what made him now decide to confess this? I mean, was it selfish? Was it for his own relief of his conscience? But I also feel for him because I'm like, he gets up and does this thing that probably in his mind feels like is going to clear his his conscience and he's going to feel good about it after. And then here comes the girl to be like, well, the truth is. Yeah. Did he forget? <laughs> Do we? Right, right, right. Did he forget? She right. was sitting up in there I I'm in the asking congregation? The, I'm asking the same questions. Like, like, no. was she, was she, um, 
what what took so long? Mm-hmm. And is she like a tithing member yes. of this guy's? It looks like it. I mean, the article church? said she attended the church with her family for years. So I mean, I think she was plugged in there, you know. And I think uh, wow, trauma and shame feel the same in the body. So well. Say that again for okay. the people in the back. That's Brene Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Trauma Brene, if you ever shame. want to come on, we oh, love you. She so has much. to make this plug every time. You're the shero. We just love her. But trauma <laughs> and shame, they feel the same in the body. Brene, Brene Brown's done that research, and it's an, an incredible thing to think about how people who've experienced, um, you know, what I think, I think this is a catastrophic trauma to the body. At 16 oh. years old, being betrayed that way by your pastor, being... Um, and to the mind. Absolutely. Mm. Because you think this is the person I trust most. Absolutely. And Cam said even last time, I think you were saying, is how that's such a sacred thing. Like it you're a so pastor. Sacred. Like people are trusting you yeah. with a 16-year-old in your office with mm. the door closed. Uh, your your child What's is happening? the most, mm-hmm. your child is the most precious thing you have nothing else i would even say i know we're talking about i know we're talking about infidelity but i would say your daughter you know she's more cherished your kid is more cherished even than your spouse sometimes like Mm -hmm. that's how you kind of put it like she yeah she came out of you (laughs) but isn't isn't it interesting too to think like this is what crosses my mind as well is that in an affair, when you counsel someone through it or when you go through it yourself or whatever that looks like, you are you do have people who take sides. Absolutely. It's like, oh, well, you nagged him. That's why he went yeah. outside and found somebody else. Or, oh, you were too controlling of her. So hmm. she went out and found somebody who was, you know, or whatever. It's like you've got the people who take sides. Now, mind you, don't be forming a circle of men around me because that ain't going to go over well. Okay. Okay, just in the future, if you ever feel like you want to surround me. As an intimidation I cannot be contained. Okay. Yeah, you know what's interesting about this, though, is that, you know, even if he, I don't know, had forgotten, which I know, but all right. No. If we're trying to be really, really gracious here. All right. Confessing something after 26 years, thinking you've forgotten, no. But what he confessed still wasn't even true at its baseline. He did not have an affair. Um, rape having an inappropriate relationship quote-unquote or raping a child is not having an affair so i think about you know for that congregation cam and i are both cringing oh he's he's being so great telling us that he's had this affair and i'm Mm. like you don't even know the right terminology for what you did no it's positioning you know you think about how the elders or the church you know congregants are going to respond based on, you know, that storyline of I had an affair 20 years ago and I feel really mm-hmm, sorry mm-hmm. that I've had this affair versus um, I raped a 16-year-old in my office because that's the real story. And I guess, like, he thought that it was a lot more palatable to be like, I had an affair. Yeah. And yeah. I'd like to know why is that. 100%. Like, Let me yeah. jump in there. Jump yeah. in. Oh, Again, ladies and gentlemen, I am... The kid at Thanksgiving that's sitting at the, that ended up at the, the adult table, with these two uh, therapists that I'm here with. But I'm going to add something. I've noticed that in sessions, people soften their story. Oh, oh. People soften that story, and there's so much more. So when they soften it. Mm-hmm. It 
gives a false impression of who they are because they're, you know, they're like, oh, it's not that bad. And it ends up it being terrible. I'm yeah. hearing some of the worst yeah. things. And I'm like, how come I didn't know about this? And so people soften their story. So uh, this guy, this, I, I, I'm going to refrain from using words to describe this guy. He was softening his story and uh, how therapy works is mm. if you are not well, honest, true. <laughs> if you're not 100% yeah. honest, therapy doesn't work. Absolutely. Yeah. You might as well not even come. Don't waste your money. Don't mm. waste your money. So, uh, dang, this story. Well, and thinking about this, like, what is it? What is it that makes people just decide to come out with it someday, someday, you know, because I'll hear that in sessions, like people who are like, well, they were having a five year affair or a seven year. Affair. It's like how what all of a sudden on like year seven, month two, day nine, do they say I'm telling everyone, you know, <laughs> it's like what happens in a person? It's like you can't contain the guilt and shame anymore. I don't know. I don't think so. I think that there was something more stressful than you know, that was more threatening than what they were carrying. I don't think that they come to a place where it's like, oh, I'm just tired of, of carrying it. Now, that's just my thought. It's not like I've not researched that or anything. But I think there's something more stressful than what they've been carrying that forces their hand. And I don't know in this guy's case what it was because it's not written in the article to, you know, to tell me what yeah. that was. But like, you know, it's not lost on me that the man was retiring from his position. I don't know if that was planned to retire at that time because oh. of this situation, but like he was on his way out. And so I, mm. I look to in this particular story, like, he, well, he didn't have really anything to lose at that point because he was done quote unquote pastoring. So, mm. you know, what does he have to, what does he have to gain by coming in and saying, this is my story based on how his congregates reacted. I'm like, you know, they, they loved and supported him for, for being that upstanding, honest man who would, who would bring that powerful truth into the room, you know? So it, he looks like the hero, which is just crazy to think about. But I think that, you know, individuals that are having an affair, they do that sometimes, like, I don't know, to, to repull uh, power maybe in the relationship even. Yeah. You know, can I, can I, Play devil's advocate for a second. Oh, Lord, please make me mad. Let's go. No, I'm not going to make you mad. <laughs> I just think about this, though. I think about pastors. I, I know we keep going on to this church stuff just because I think it's so prominent in our news. Like you said, both of our stories are current events have so far been about, you know, ministry and pastors and stuff. But it's like, what is it about? I don't know. I just think, what is it about? The pastors and I lost my train of thought about where mm. I was going with that. I was thinking about something. Can I jump in? Do and it, and just, then I'll come back uh, to yeah, you. Yeah, come back. This is real life, around. folks. Real life podcast, um, unscripted. I was gonna say, um, the Cassie, when you were talking oh, yeah. about, um, you know, the the last the the current events that have happened have been about churches, mm -hmm. and. I hope that people who are on the of, on the fray of being a Christian, maybe you're maybe you're hurt yeah. uh, by things that have happened. Maybe you've lost faith, mm -hmm. and you're like, "I've lost faith. I've lost faith mm -hmm. in the church." Or maybe you're an outside 
looking on the inside, I want you to know that we are Christians calling out yeah. behavior that we don't like. So right. I, I don't want the I don't want I don't want to hear in a culture that, you know, Christians aren't calling out other Christians. This yeah. is us yeah. calling people out and saying these these actions are wrong. What people are doing is wrong. So uh, that made me think of that. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? We're not allowing it things to just happen. It's not just OK. Yeah. Everyone is not turning yeah. a blind eye. To, cheating, to just let the it go on, the, yeah. The abuse. Yeah. We're not just letting it go on. Let it be known that these ladies here and this one random guy, Cam, is calling out yeah. the behavior of other Christians because it's like they're on our team. So we're calling out right. our we're calling right. we're calling yeah. out our own team. And yeah. you have to talk about it so healing can occur. Come I on, mean, that's what therapists are about. Yeah. <laughs> you got to well, talk about it so healing can occur. That. And mm-hmm. so often when things like this happen we in don't churches, talk about it. we're gonna go sweep it under the rug. And uh, me and Castle oh. are not gonna do that. No, nope. <laughs> we're never. We, we want to be able. We to don't talk even own a broom. <laughs> can that be a tagline? <laughs> we don't even we don't own, own a broom. I, I mean, I think that we're committed to that. Yeah. And it does feel a little bit brave, a little bit crazy. Yeah. But I think the more that we talk about it, the more that it opens up space for real connection. Connection yeah. comes whenever those wounds are healed. And no, that's for sure. People need that. Churches need that. Pastors need that. Yeah. We're all about that. We're not anti-pastors. No. Well, that's what I was going to say. I feel like some some things that, that came back to me. And of course, you know, it's so interesting when you have a spiritual like moment, something is, of course, I'm having like a brain fog. But it's like, I think about pastors who get sort of crucified in those moments too. Yeah. You know, it's like where we're like, well, you did it. See ya. But you know what bothers me the most? Let's just keep it real and let me stand on my soapbox for a second. But it's like that we throw the baby out with the bathwater in a sense. And I've been through this. I've been through this a couple of times with some pastors. It's like everything they taught then becomes nothing because they did it under the pretenses of an affair or adultery oh, or whatever it is. Too close to home, Cass. Oh, I know. And it's, home, it's close to home for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's so close to home because we sit and we get fed and there's actual meat, there's actual food that we're getting, but then you, it comes out. And I think that's what you saw in those people who were like, we love you, pastor. You know, it's like I've sat and you're under your guidance and I've gotten fed and I've grown because I think that's the strategy of the enemy. Why is it? This is a whole other topic, a whole other time. But why is it that anything that looks like inner healing, deliverance, freedom ministry, this happens to that? Mm. Am I right? Anything where people find healing and freedom (laughs) and they realize that this person has been a catalyst of a message that's brought life and health and hope to their life. And then they have an affair and it's like we almost throw it all out. And it's so hard to discern. Like, I don't know if it's right or wrong, right? Is it right or wrong? We could probably debate that. But it's like, man, it just makes me mad at the enemy because I'm like, of course you would. Of course you'd go for the jugular mm-hmm. of like a place where that pastor, the head pastor, whatever he's taught or a person who's over certain things, whatever they've taught, it's now being flushed down the toilet. So you're saying you mm-hmm. can pull truth from bad sources. Oh, man. 
Is that what you're no, saying? Oh God! Oh man! Or no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm seriously asking. I don't can know. Can you We're... get truth from bad sources? You can. You can. You can. Right? You can. And that sure I don't, like I don't either. <laughs> you can. I, I mean, I sat under a pastor for five years who had an affair. You can. You know, I'm still healing from that trauma. That's what I said. Cast is hitting too close to home for me. Because you, you absolutely can. <laughs> and, you know, you go back to, like, betrayal abuse and, like, what it feels like to be in a situation like that. You know, you do feel like you've been betrayed by that person, even though you're not in a marriage relationship with them. Mm. So, like, for those congregates that, you know, set oh. under that pastor, oh. you feel the weight of that betrayal because you do know there has also been good in it. There's also been fruit from it. And I don't want to admit that. I don't like it. But isn't because that? Oh, no, I would love to burn it all down. <laughs> I would love to burn it all down. I have an analogy. But I have. I'm, go ahead. T- I'm talking too much. No, you're not. No, go. You're not. I have Please an analogy. Go. Have you ever been to your inner city, wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to? Have you ever been to your inner city, and you pull up, and or you get out, or you're doing an outreach, and you go and you talk to a homeless person? They have so much truth in them mm. because they've been they've hit rock bottom they've got nothing to lose so what we're saying is it's like someone who has nothing is giving is 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 dropping like one of the best messages you ever heard so it's like getting that's like pulling from a that's pulling from a bad source you'd never take money advice from this person but this person <laughs> is uh, but this person is dropping like knowledge about life, scripture. It's just because they've been through so much. Yeah. And you'd look at them and you would say, what are you going to teach me? As a matter of fact, they have a lot to teach. Yeah. But they just aren't, they just, they just don't have it together in, in certain areas. So it's like pulling, it's pulling truth out of a bad source. Wow. So, well, I mean, I think the same, like even how I shared in the first episode about having an affair like there is good you know what i mean like i remember yeah. the day that i found some conversations that james was having we had driven to his family farm and like antiqued and like just had a great day like it was like i remember we it was just a good day overall i mean i remember like just thinking about like the quality of our relationship, the things that we were doing physically, emotionally, Mm. just overall, it's like, it was quality. So it's like, I think that's what's so hard is there is this good, there is this good that exists. And that's what makes the blind side or the affair or whatever happens all the more. And I think the congregation in this situation was like, we can't handle that truth. You can't handle the truth. You know, it's like you they couldn't handle it. It was mm-hmm. like, we love you, Pastor, because that's all we know to do. Like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do with this? Like, it's like your computer circuit shorts out. Because mm. that's how it feels as a spouse, I think. When you're in that and you're like, wait, we just went on an amazing vacation. And or we just talked for hours or we just had sex yesterday or whatever it is. It's like. And then you find out they've been doing a thing. Well, it's that thing, right? You can feel more than one emotion at the same time. Therapists teach that. Could you tell people that again? Because You really... can feel mm-hmm. more than one emotion at the same yes, time. So you can feel, you know, depths of love and gratitude for the person that you're married to while also feeling feelings of, of hatred, disgust, and disdain. You can feel them all. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's so rattling whenever you 
if you have never been in therapy or, you know, if you have, it's rattling because it's like, yeah, all that's true. Mm-hmm. Rather than what I think a lot of people try to do is make it one or the other, make it fit in a box and it doesn't, you know? And I, I think that that makes it so much more complicated when you're moving through a healing process because it's like, there's this, there's this push, especially in, in Christianity that you forgive, you forget, you move on and you do that all rather swiftly rather than understanding that there's a process in forgiveness. There's a process in, you know, maybe I don't really necessarily even believe that you have to forget and the move on part. I'm, I will argue with that, um, on that mm, topic because mm. the body remembers, body keeps well, the score. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just going to be like that didn't happen, you know? And so it's like, feeling all the feelings that you need to feel about the situation that you're in Mm -hmm. and, you know, knowing how to navigate that. But with this particular congregation, I think you may be right that like, they didn't know, likely this man was not challenged very much. Mm. You know, people did not (laughs) come up in opposition against him. If that was modeled, I would imagine that this young woman that had been, um, you know, you know, taken advantage of would have um, been able to follow suit and, and, you know, model that as well in herself, confront. Yeah. Well, and I just think in my mind, this is horrible, that I'm like, was it a bunch of WWE elders or what? No. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, was Are you it- talking about the circle? Yeah. <laughs> no, they were just... I know. They were, I just mean being so they silly. they formed the circle. Average cir- Joe's. Yeah. Man. They were forming the circle. Uh, it was like a circle of protection. Yeah. Like, hey, protect this guy at all costs from this lady. It was who something they didn't pounds. like what she was doing. But isn't that a side thing? Like in my mind, I think they're going to be like in the WWF or whatever. But the reality <laughs> you said, is, you said WWF. That's, WWE. That's straight nineteen ninety. Did I just say how old I was? Oh, yeah, gosh. you did. You Through just revealed your age. Joke. Cassie WWE. is twenty eight. I am. Yes. No. Who knows so. stuff from nineteen eighty eight? I like to. Anyways, this is. But isn't this interesting? Like. They don't have to be that. They don't have to be a WWE wrestler type <laughs> to, intimidate to protect. It could be the scrawniest, most puny person. And the fact is we are mentally conditioned. You know, I mean, and that's a whole me getting into the whole spiritual abuse thing. It was like, it doesn't mm. matter the strength of the person in the physical. Yeah. Mm. It's the strength of the person in the spiritual relationship Yeah, that mm. really determines... We could go on about this forever, but I just want to say we love your comments. If you have comments or thoughts, I think the biggest thing is if you are a victim or if you've been a victim of anything like this, if someone's taken advantage of you um, in any way, shape, or form, in or out of the church, and, and, and you know we take that seriously. So we just say to her, kudos for your bravery, um, for your honesty, and just we are standing with you in your healing. Um, and the same to pastors, you know, I'm or or anyone who's on that side of an affair. Like, you're, we stand with you as well. But I, I can, I think I would be not doing my due diligence as someone who provides an avenue for healing in my daily life yeah. through what I do to not say that out loud, mm-hmm. and and just to say, even in the story that we're using as an example, these are people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're still healing, keep talking. Keep talking. Yeah. Everybody needs a therapist. Absolutely. A WWF therapist. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm never living that one down. Well, you know, like us, subscribe to our podcast. You'll get 
um, information when our next one comes out. And we welcome any and all comments that you have. But we're so grateful that you take the time to listen. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time.